Hello and welcome back and to Night Swims. She took my pants off and threw them out the window. So there I am, sitting at the diner, half a pie, and only three fourths of a dog. Three fourths of a dog. Continue. Hello and welcome back to Night Swims, a podcast hosted by two idiots who think they know everything about mysteries, conspiracies, and strange phenomena. Um, but yeah, that sucks. That really sucks. Uh, you know. Uh, you do what you do. So three fourths of a dog is that when a dog only has three legs, or is that no tail, no ears? I don't know what. I can't. I can't. You don't want to talk about information. It? Okay. I'm not ready for it yet. <laughs> so sorry. Happy Sunday, everyone. Happy Sunday. It's early. You know. Um, <laughs> is it? Roughly. It's eleven thirty. <laughs> it's not eleven thirty. Oh, it is. Uh, well, yeah. Um, uh, we were supposed to make this episode yesterday. Uh, we got caught up with um, uh, grocery shopping, getting our laundry out of the way, a whole bunch of stuff. So we decided just to do it today. Um, so yeah. Wait. Hope you enjoy it. <laughs> I don't. Nice. I don't know what else to say. We we do hope you enjoy it. We do. We hope that when you listen to a Night Swims podcast, that you really enjoy it. And I just realized this is not my mic. Uh, I grabbed the first two out of the box, okay? It's not going to work. Well, then go get a different mic. It's too late now. All right, well, then don't complain. What are you doing? Nothing. All right, well, it is Sunday, so Douglas... Um, who who's your go-to winner today in the NFL? I don't even know who's playing. Uh, the I'll only give, reason I'll give I, you a hint. The only reason I paid attention to the NFL last year is because we did fantasy. I'll give you a, I'll give you a hint. Um, one of the teams. Uh, well, you has, said Redskins were playing. Mm-hmm. I don't know who they're playing. Who are they playing? You don't you don't know who they're playing either. No, because I'm not a mainly a Redskins fan. I'm mainly. Well, Packers. Are the Packers playing today? Uh-oh, they already played Thursday. We watched that game. Oh, yeah, that's right. So the Redskins play... Okay, if they're a favorite of my team, then they should be on the... Fa- what? Okay. The Redskins play in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, uh, as you know, won the yeah. Super Bowl some time ago. So, uh... Yeah, what are your thoughts? Um, I'll be uh, the the uh, the Eagles are ten point favorites. Yeah, I'd have to go for the Eagles. See who else we got. Pull it, pull it through. Steelers and Patriots play. Oh, it's it's the Sunday night game, and as we all know, you know, because we're all red, big sports fans, Antonio Brown uh, got traded from the Steelers. To the uh, Raiders through an absolute bitch fit, and I don't understand how it's considered, uh, you know, like adamant or like powerful when he quit on a team that he didn't want to play for because he's a baby. That sounds and then, like a little hissy fit. And then go, go sign with the Patriots who are easily. Well, was the money different? No, he signed for way less. He was voided out of thirty million dollars guaranteed and signed a contract yesterday for fifteen million total, a one-year deal. Huh. Yeah. And then uh, he went and signed with the Patriots, who every year are favored to win the Super Bowl, who won the Super Bowl last year in a defensive 
battle, I'd say. And who will probably win this Super Bowl this year. And he he apparently did all this because he didn't want to play for the Raiders. Which is, in my opinion, a super douchey thing to do when you're the high, one of the highest paid people in the NFL. And there he was like he was talk he talked about like oh i'm so excited to play for the raiders and like you know no distractions this year it's all about working and then he does all this shit and it's just super annoying and i'm not a fan of antonio Jackson's brown Jackson's really upset i don't like antonio brown and i haven't had anyone to talk to about it <laughs> yes you have not really no none of our friends have been like going like oh man have you seen that antonio brown stuff well none of us are really we're all more into the college football, I would I would say, because I mean we didn't do fantasy football this year, which I'm kind of upset about. And yeah, I mean. Well, if you're listening, uh, plunge plunge. <laughs> what's up with that? What is up with that? I don't know. So today's topic. Oh boy, it is it, one. So that was your question. Yeah. Okay. About the NFL. That's the daily question. So today's topic has question. been on our um, potential topic list. Pretty, I'm trying to like date it. I want to say for a few months. Uh, it's it is definitely on the mystery side, perhaps strange phenomena. Not as much as a conspiracy theory. It's the butterfly effect. No, that's a strange phenomena. Is it? Huh. It is a so historical it's a s- item. Ooh, ooh. Oh. Like from whose history, per se? This is going to give it away. Christians. The Ark of the Covenant. Yes, it is. Today we are discussing... <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> Did you actually no. see it? <laughs> okay, I was going to say. <laughs> the Ark of the Covenant. I mean, I, I mean, I know it's like mysterious and all that and you know haven't we've been trying to from, look okay look so for uh, from the top have you been trying to look for it or do we know where it like is no it found? so we'll, we will uh we will cover that that is so since luckily it's, covered so you want it, it has i'm gonna count real quick before i read it it has one two three four five six seven eight nine ten or eleven possible locations probably more when i read more but i just wanted to so I see. There's a reason why we waited till Sunday to do this. Sunday Ooh, is yeah, church that's day. totally what I meant by waiting <laughs> was so we could do it on Sunday. So yeah, forget that. You can just cut of, that um, uh, <laughs> earlier excuse. Yeah. So from the top of your uh, head, what all do you know about the Ark of the Covenant? Um, Indiana Jones. Um, that's true. <laughs> it. Wasn't it, um, so it doesn't have something to do with, uh, Moses. Mm-hmm. It does. And it is a box. Mm-hmm. And it has a thing on top. Mm-hmm. And it holds stuff. Very good. While people hold it. So the Ark of the Covenant is also known as the Ark of the Testimony and also the Ark of God. All right. So. Not to be confused with Jonah's Ark. Yeah. That was a terrible joke. <laughs> that was the Christians will get it. Joan of Ark. No. Oh, Noah's Ark. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. There we go. Did you say Jonah's? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it even 
says, the first thing it says is, not to be confused with Noah's Ark. <laughs> so, yeah, if I executed that better, it would have been uh, Yeah, it would have been pretty good. So, according to the book of Exodus, God instructed Moses on Mount Sinai during his 40-day stay upon the mountain within the thick cloud of the darkness where God was, and he was shown the pattern. Is that where he was? Yeah. He was shown the pattern for the, t- for the tabernacle and furnishings of the ark to be made out of Shit, shit, shitum. Shit. How do you spell it? Uh, hold on. Shitum. S h i t t i m. S h i t t i m. I'm guessing shitum because the because it's from shit a shit a tree. A shit a. Yeah. So he wanted to be made. Tree. Shut up. He wanted to be made of shitum wood to house the tablets of stone. Which do you know what those are? Yeah, that's what the um. Oh, it's the, the Ten Commandments. That's yeah, the original scribing of the Ten Commandments. So then Moses instructed Be- Bezalel and Aholiab. So far, so good? I don't know. I don't know if you pronounce those right. So. Me neither. To construct the ark. And in Deuteronomy, however, the ark is said to have been built specifically by Moses himself without reference to Bezalel or o- Aholiab. So technically, the construction of the ark is already a mystery so there's already a mystery to that so in the book of exodus uh details are given on about the instructions on how the ark is to be constructed so it is to be two and a half cubits in length which is a um i'm trying to figure out how long a cubit would be in this sense so a cubit ranges from 17 and a half to 21 inches yeah so that's like what two and a half feet uh is a cubit just a little a maybe a little over two and a half oh so two and a half cubits in length one and a half in breadth width and one and a half in height which is uh for all you nerds out there approximately oh 52 by 31 by 31 inches so could have just, just, just read that. <laughs> uh, then it is to be gilded entirely with gold, and a uh-huh. crown or molding of gold is to be put around it. Four rings of gold are to be attached to its four corners, two on each side, and through these rings, slaves of staves of shittim wood overlaid with gold for carrying the ark are to be inserted, and these are not to be removed. A golden lid, also known as the caparet, or mercy seat uh which is covered with two golden cherubiums which are cherubiums. one of the unearthly beings who directly attend to god according to abrahamic religions you mean cherubims cherub what did i say cherubiums yes yeah, so cherubims uh and so cherubim. that is to be placed above the ark and That's missing right. from the inc- from the account are instructions concerning the thickness of the mercy seat and details about the ch- cherubim Cherubium. Cherubium. Other know. than that, the cover be beaten out of out the ends of the ark, and that they form the space where God will appear, and the ark is finally placed under the veil of the covering. So, uh, the biblical account continues that after its creation by Moses, the ark was carried by the Israelites during their forty years of wandering in the desert. Whenever the Israelites camped, the ark was placed in a separate room in a sacred tent called the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. And little fun fact, 
Uh, according to the Hebrew Bible, the taber tabernacle, also known as the tent of congregation, was the portable earthly dwelling place of Yahweh, used by the children of Israel from Exodus until the conquest of Canaan. Yahweh. Yeah. So Let's when the Israelites, led by Joshua, toward the promised land, arrived at the bank of the Jordan River, the ark was carried in the lead preceding the people and was the signal for their advance. Uh, during the crossing, the river grew dry as soon as the feet of the priest carrying the ark touched its waters and remained so until the priest with the ark left the river and the, after the people had passed over. As memorials, 12 stones were taken from the Jordan at the place where the priest had stood. What there's a fun fact about the 12 stones. No, no. Uh, during the Battle of Jericho, Y2J. Jericho. In a men's chorus, we had to sing a song about um, Jericho. And one person had a solo while during the chorus, they had to scream, Jericho! Like that, and it was pretty funny. Fun fact. I was thinking of WWE. Chris Jericho. Break the He's in a band called Fozzie. Fozzie. It's actually really good. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'll play a song in a after. Does it sound like Fozzie Bear? No. <laughs> so so during the battle, <laughs> uh, the ark was carried around the city once a day for six days, mm -hmm. preceded by the armed men. And then men. the walls fell. I'm not done! Everybody knows this. Preceded by the armed men and seven priests sounding seven trumpets of ram's horns. On the seventh day, the seven priests sounding the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark compassed the city seven times, and with a great shout, Jericho's wall fell down flat, and the people took the city. Called it. After the defeat, uh, after the defeat at Ai... Joshua lamented before the ark. When Joshua read the law to the people between Mount Gerizim and Mount Ebal, they stood on each side of the ark. Uh, we next hear of the ark in Bethel, where it was being cared for by the priest Phineas and the grandson of Aaron. Uh, where Bethel is translated the house of God in the King James Version. So. I wonder how heavy the ark is. Did it say? It No, because remember, the it, it wasn't specified how thick it was supposed to be so, so they can't no, get the exact weight so there's no they could, uh, i mean you could do like the mass with the measurements yeah and all you could that. go do the, some the, mass the, thing with physics what, but what was used like the the stuff it was used to build i guess you could do that shittim maybe that's wood. somewhere what the, sh the shittim wood yeah so according to this verse it was consulted by the people of israel when they were planning to attack the benjaminites at the battle of gibay Gibbe. <laughs> so, so later, however, the ark was kept at Shiloh, another religious center, some 10 miles north of Bethel, at the time of the prophet Samuel's apprenticeship, where it was cared for by Hophni and Phinehas, two sons of e Well, it's spelled differently, so I figured it'd be Phinehas. Yeah, I don't know. Two sons of Eli. Uh, so, oof, there's a lot of history here. <laughs> But we're going to get through it. So a few years later, the elders of Israel decided to take the ark out onto the battlefield to assist them against the Philistines after being defeated at the Battle of Ebenezer. They were, however, heavily defeated with the loss of 30,000 men. The ark was captured by the Philistines, and Hophni and Phinehas were killed. The news of its capture was at once taken to Shiloh by a messenger with his clothes rent and with earth upon his head. Fun fact. Uh, the old priest Eli fell dead when he heard it, and his daughter-in-law, bearing a son at the time the news of the capture of the ark was received, named him Ichabod. Ichabod. What, what else is that name from? Ichabod Crane from... Yeah, Sleepy Hollow. I was going to say a Christmas Carol. 
No, that's Ebenezer Scrooge. Uh, yeah. Which you said Ebenezer as well. Did I? Yeah. Oh, that's Ebenezer. It's a city. Ebenezer. It's a yeah. location. That's weird. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so Ichabod explained as the glory has departed Israel in reference to the loss of the ark. Or no, Eli explained that. And then the mother of the child Ichabod died at his birth. So the Philistines took the ark to several places in their country, and at each place misfortune befell them. At Ashdod, it was placed in the temple of Dagon. Uh, the next morning, Dagon was found prostrate, bowed down before it, and on being restored to his place, he was on the following morning again found prostrate and broken. Jeez. Prostrate. Ew. What? That just sounds really aggressive. What is prostrate? That's what I'm... Prostrate. Prostrate. Prostrate is lying stretched out on the ground with one's face downward. Oh, I was getting confused. Like, it sounds like it had to do something to do with prostate. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. Oh, Dagon's a, uh, is a deity. So I think it's um, like a, maybe like a shrine or something of Dagon that was like all messed up. A deity? Yeah. Not a deity. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Like Maroon's Dagon. Yeah, and so and on so on being restored to his place, he was on the following morning again found prostrate and broken. And the people of Ashdod were smitten and with tumors, and a plague of mice was sent over the land. Uh, the affliction of boils was also visited upon the people of Gath and of Ekron, whither the ark was successfully removed. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So after the ark had been among them for seven months, the Philistines, on the advice of their diviners, returned it to the Israelites, accompanying its return with an offering consisting of golden images of the tumors and mice wherewith they had been afflicted. Uh, the ark was set up in the field of Joshua the Beth the Bethshemite, and the Bethshemites offered sacrifices Bethsemite? and burnt offerings. Huh? How do you spell Bethshemite? S-H-E-M-I-T-E. S-H? Yeah, Wait, Shemite. Shemite. So out of curiosity... I've heard of Bethshemite or something. It's Bethshemesh. <laughs> You're saying two different things. Yes. Yeah. Out of curiosity, <laughs> the men of Bethshemesh gazed at the ark, and as a punishment, 70 of them, 50,070 in some translations, uh, were smitten by the Lord. The Bethshemites sent to kirjath German or Jerim, or Baal Judah to have the ark removed. And it was taken to the house of Abinadab, whose son Eliezer was sanctified to keep it. Uh, Kirjath Jerem remained the abode of the ark for 20 years, and under Saul, the ark was with the army before he first met the Philistines, but the king was too impatient to consult it before engaging in battle. In uh, 1 Chronicles 13.3, it is stated that the people were not accustomed to consulting the Ark in the days of Saul. Hmm. <sighs> okay, uh, there's more history. We have to go over all the history? I mean, yeah, just so like we are not confused when I go over like where it's at and stuff like that. Don't you? I mean, yeah. We can do this, man. Well, I want to go... Through, like the mysteries. I know that's stuff. what's gonna, but I just we have to explain what's happening to it because, yeah. Well, so obviously it's gone through, it's traveled, a lot to a lot of places, it's done some weird stuff. We'll listen to what it's about to do. 
It's about to do something? About to do something crazy. So at the beginning of... Uh, or, or so uh, at the beginning of King David's reign over the United Monarchy, he removed the Ark from Kirjath Jerim amid great rejoicing. And on the way to Zion, Uzzah, one of the drivers of the cart that carried the Ark, put out his hand to steady the Ark and was struck dead by God for touching it. And the place was subsequently that named... That seems kind of harsh. Yeah. The place was subsequently named Perez Uzzah, literally... Again, outburst against Uzzah as a result. David, in fear, carried the ark aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the 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 Gittite, instead of carrying it on to Zion, and there it stayed for three months. So that guy was just struck dead for no re- like just for touching it. Uh, so no, so he was driving the cart, and then when the ox carrying the start stumbled. Uh, he steadied the ark with the hand in direct violation of the divine law, and it was immediately killed for his arrow. So a- he was error. keeping it from falling, right? And mm-hmm. then he was just struck dead. It's divine law. What's the law? Don't, Don't touch it. <laughs> That's so stupid. On hearing that God had blessed Obed Edom because of the presence of the ark in his, in his house, <laughs> what? It burped. <laughs> Uh, David had the ark brought to Zion by the Levites, while he himself, girded with a linen ephod, danced before the Lord with all his might. And in the sight of all the public gathered in Jerusalem, a performance that caused him to be scornly rebuked by his first wife, Saul's daughter, Michal. Or Michal. Uh, in Zion, David put the ark in the tabernacle he had prepared for it, offering sacrifices, distributed food, and blessed the people in his own household. Um... The Levites were appointed to minister before the ark. David's plan of building a temple for the ark was stopped at the advice of God. The ark was with the army during the siege of Rabbi, or Rabbah, and when David fled from Jerusalem at the time of Absalom's conspiracy, the ark was carried along with him until he ordered Zadok the priest to return it to Jerusalem. Yeah. So, uh, when Ab- Abiathar was dismissed from the priesthood by King Solomon for having taken part in Adonijah's conspiracy against David. His life was spared because he had formerly borne the ark. Uh, Solomon worshipped the ark after his, Solomon worshipped before the ark after his dream in which God promised him wisdom. And during the construction of Solomon's temple, a special inner room named Kodesh ha- Hakodashim or Holy of the Holies, uh, was prepared to receive the house, was was prepared to receive and house the Ark. And when the temple was dedicated, the Ark, containing the original tablets of the Ten Commandments, was placed therein. When the priest emerged from the holy place after placing the Ark there, the temple was filled with a cloud, for the glory of the God had filled the house of the Lord. And when Solomon married Pharaoh's daughter, he caused her to dwell in a house outside Zion, as Zion was consecrated because it contained the ark. And King Josiah also had the ark returned to the temple, from which it appears to have been removed by one of its predecessors. So before I continue, did I ever go over what can, what the ark is containing? I mean, it's containing the um, Ten Commandments, right? It, yeah, it contains the original um, stone tablets of the Ten Commandments. Now, and according to various texts within the Hebrew Bible, it also contains Aaron's rod, which... Um, which is any of the staves that was carried by Moses' brother Aaron in the Torah, and a pot of manna. Which is bread, right? 
Um, uh, what is it specifically? It's just an edi- it's it's written as an edible substance that God provided for the Israelites during their travels. Mm-hmm. So, like, if we found the ark today, would the Ten Commandments and all that still be inside? I mean, if it is in fact a real thing and it's protected by, you know, this divine law and everything, I'm pretty sure it's like untouched. Yeah. So, uh, so in eight in five eight seven B.C., the Babylonians destroyed Jerusalem and Solomon's temple, and there is no record of what became of the ark in the book of in the books of Kings and Chronicles. An ancient Greek version of the biblical third book of Ezra, one Esdras suggests that Babylonians took away the vessels of the Ark of God, but does not mention taking away the Ark. Uh, In rabbinic literature, the final disposition of the Ark is disputed. Some rabbis hold that it must have been carried off to Babylon, while others hold that it must have been hidden lest it be carried off into Babylon and never brought back. A late 2nd century rabbinic work known as the Tosepha, uh, yeah, Tosepha uh, states the opinions of those rabbis that Josiah, the king of Judah, stored away the ark along with the jar of manna and a jar containing the holy anointing oil, the rod of Aaron, which budded, and a chest given to Israel by the Philistines. This was said to have been done in order to prevent their being carried off into Babylon as had already happened to the other vessels. Uh, Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Shimon, in the same rabbinic work, state that the ark was, in fact, taken into Babylon. Rabbi Yehuda, dissenting, uh, says that the ark was stored away in its own place, meaning somewhere on the Temple Mount. Hmm. Uh, okay. So, so, arc, so we have some archaeology about it that it talks about like where it could be and evidence about it. Well... So you said it was t- like the Babylonians, they might, they destroyed have, they might have taken it. and Solomon's temple, and there's a lot of different ways on... Um, so but when they, like after they destroyed Jerusalem, they did not find the ark. Who knows? Who knows what they did? Uh, well, if they took it back to Babylon, then well, it would so, still be... So, so Babylon book, was really close to, it was close to Jerusalem. It was part of that fertile crescent area, like on the Tigris and Euphrates. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a possible location. We'll, you'll probably say that. So, uh, so archaeological evidence shows strong cultic activity at Kirath-Jerim in the 8th and 7th centuries BCE, well after the Ark was supposedly removed from there to Jerusalem. In particular, archaeologists found a large elevated podium associated with the northern kingdom and not the southern kingdom, which may have been a shrine. Uh, Thomas Romer, whoever that is, States, states this indicates that the Ark was not moved to Jerusalem until much later, possibly during the reign of King Josiah. He argues that this explains why the Ark featured prominently in the history before Solomon, but not after. And he says that 2 Chronicles 35.3 indicates that it was moved during King Josiah's reign. Many Bible scholars believe the story of the Ark was written independently around the 8th century in a text referred to as the Ark Narrative, and then incorporated into the main biblical narrative just before the exile into Babylon. Um, Israel Finkenstein, who's an Israeli archaeologist, believes that the Ark never existed, but that elevated platform was constructed as a shrine to the story of the Ark. 
Um, evidence shows that it was common practice for polyth polythe polytheists. Polytheists, yeah. Okay, I'm going to... Polytheists. No, evidence shows that it was common practice for poly... <laughs> what? For poly polythe polytheists? Polytheists. Evidence shows that it was common practice for polytheist nomads to carry sacred stones or idols in a box in boxes like the Ark. Archaeologists believe the Ark may have contained pagan idols that were thousands of years old. The Bible often connected the Ark with war and fertility, leading Romer to believe it may have contained Baal and Asherah. Baal, or Baal. Um, B-A-A-L? Yeah. Baal. Uh, it's just a title. And then Asherah is a mother... Uh, yeah, okay. It's a what? I don't know. What what did it say? Well, it says the Bible connected the Ark with warm fertility, leading Romer to believe it may have contained Baal and Asherah, but I don't know what it's containing. Like, what is it? But I'm guessing the Ark? So I guess he believes that it's real, but it w didn't contain what it contained, so... What it's... Like they said, the Bible said? I guess. It contains... So uh, the Ark is first mentioned in the book of Exodus, and then numerous times in Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings... One Chronicles, two Chronicles, Psalms, and Jeremiah. And in Jeremiah, it is referenced by Jeremiah, who, speaking in the days of Josiah, prophesied a future time, possibly the end of days, where the ark will no longer be talked about or be made again. So, yeah, and then it's also in the New Testament, mentioned in the letter to the Hebrews and the revelation to St. John. Uh, it states that the ark contained a golden pot that had manna, Aaron's rod that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. Uh, Revelation 11.19 says the prophet saw God's temple in heaven open, and the ark of the covenant was seen within his temple. Uh, Catholic scholars connect this verse with the woman of the apocalypse in Revelation 12.1, which immediately follows and say that the blessed Virgin Mary is identified as the ark of the new covenant. Uh, carrying the Savior of mankind within her, she herself became the Holy of Holies. This is the interpretation given in the 3rd century by Gregory Thaumaturgus, Thaumaturgus, and in the 4th century by St. Ambrose, St. Ephraim of Syria, and St. Augustine. Uh, the Catholic Church teaches this in the Catechism of the Catholic Church. In the Gospel Luke, the author's accounts of the Annunciation and the Visitation are constructed using eight points of literary parallelism to compare Mary to the Ark. Yeah. And then a man named St. Athanasius, Athanasius uh, the Bishop of Alexandria, Alexandria, is credited with writing about the connections between the Ark and the Virgin Mary. It's also found in Chapter 2 of the Quran, well, it's believed to because the quote is, And their prophet said to them, Indeed, a sign of his kingship is that the chest will come to you in which is assurance from your Lord and a remnant of what the family of Moses and the family of Aaron had left, carried by the angels. Indeed, in that it is, and indeed that is a sign for you if you are believers. Mm -hmm. So, we get to the good part. Since its disappearance from the biblical narrative, there have been a number of claims of having discovered or having possession of the Ark, and several possible places have been suggested for its location. <sighs> ready? I'm so ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Babylon. Okay. 
So 2 Maccabees 2.4.10, written around 100 BC, says that the prophet Jeremiah, being warned by God before the Babylonian invasion, took the ark, the tabernacle, and the altar of incense and buried them in a cave on Mount Nebo, informing those of his followers who wished to find... Uh, who wished to, oh, sorry, who wished to find the place that it should remain unknown until the time that God should gather his people again together and receive them unto mercy. Uh, Mount Nebo is also described in the Bible, specifically Deuteronomy 34, as the site for which Moses views the promised land and apparently also is his final burial place. Mount Nebo is approximately 27 miles slightly south of due east from Jerusalem near the east bank of the Jordan. Oh, this is an interesting one. Huh. All right. So the Ethiopian Orthodox Tewahedo Church claims to possess the Ark of the Covenant, or Tabo, in Aksum. And Aksum uh, is in Ethiopia is the site of the historic capital of the Aksumite Empire. It is now a tourist town. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the object is currently kept under guard in a treasury near the Church of Our Lady of Mary of Zion. Uh, replicas of the Aksum Tabo are kept in every Ethiopian Orthodox Tewahedo church, each with its own indication to a particular saint. The most popular of these include Mary, George, and Michael. The Kebra Nagast, it, which is a 14th century national epic account written in Jeez by Ishak Nibiru, Eid of Aksum. It's an interesting accent. Wow, it's at least 700 years old. And it's considered by Ethiopian Christians to be historically reliable. So this writing was composed to legitimize the Solomonic dynasty, which ruled the Ethiopian Empire following its establishment in 1270. It narrates how the real Ark of the Covenant was brought to Ethiopia by Menelik I with divine assistance, while a forgery was left in the temple in Jerusalem. Although the Kebra Nagast is the best-known account of, the, of this belief, it predates the document Abu al-Makarum, writing in the last quarter of the 12th century, uh, and this makes one early reference to this belief that they possess the Ark. The, Abyss, the Abyssinians possess also the Ark of the Covenant, he wrote, and after a description of the object, describes how the liturgy is celebrated upon the Ark four times a year, on the Feast of the Great Nativity, on the Feast of the Glorious Baptism, on the Feast of the Holy Resurrection, and on the Feast of the Illuminating Cross. In his 1992 book, The Sign and the Seal, British writer Graham Hancock suggests, contrary to the Kebra Nagast, or Kebra Nagast, that the Ark spent several years in Egypt before it came to Ethiopia via the Nile River, where it was kept in the islands of Lake Tana for about 400 years until, and finally taken to Exum. Archaeologist John Holliday from the University of Toronto called Hancock's theory garbage and hogwash. Hogwash. Going in on him. <laughs> While Edward Uhlendorf, a former professor of Ethiopian studies at the University of London, said he wasted a lot of time reading it. So, Graham Hancock's a full of shit. That's what we concluded. Yeah, hogwash, yeah. full Sound of good? shit, same thing. All right. So on June 25th, 2009, the patriarch of the Orthodox Church of Ethiopia, Abun Palos, said he would announce to the world the next day the unveiling of the Ark of the Covenant, which he said had been kept safe and secure in a church in Aksum, Ethiopia. 
The following day, on the 26th, the Patriarch announced he would not unveil the Ark after all, but that instead he would attest to its current status. So, that means they could be full of shit. Yeah. I wonder if there's any information. Um, I mean, he's like, yeah, uh, we'll show you the uh, Ark tomorrow. Um, you know what, never mind, we're not going to do that. So according to Edward Uhlendorf, who I just discussed... He saw the Ark of the Covenant inside of the church and said the Ark was a middle to late medieval construction when these were fabricated ad hoc, which I'm guessing is a lot, and, quote, certainly wasn't the original Ark. So, Church of Our Lady Mary of Zion in Axum could be lying. I think they're all lying. You think? Yeah. Well, let's see. For sure. So the Lemba people of South Africa and Zimbabwe have claimed that their ancestors carried the Ark South, calling it the, I'm just going to say the English translation, Voice of God, eventually hiding it in a deep cave in the Doomgi or Doomk Mountains, their spiritual home. Uh, on April 14th, 2008, in a UK Channel 4 documentary, Tudor Parfit... Uh, which is a he's a British historian taking a literalist approach to the biblical story described his research into this claim he says that the object described by the Lemba has attributes similar to the ark it was a similar size was carried on poles by priests and was not allowed to touch the ground was revered as a voice of their god and was used as a weapon of great power sweeping enemies aside uh, in his book, Lost Ark of the Covenant, uh, he also suggests that the Ark was taken to Arabia following the events depicted in the second book of Maca- Maccabees, not Maccabre, and cities Arabic sources which and oh and cites Arabic sources which maintain it was brought in distant times to Yemen. One Lemba clan, one Lemba clan, the Buba. <laughs> it looks like Bubba. Bubba. Uh, which was supposed to have brought the Ark to Africa, have a genetic signature called the Cohen model aplotype. Uh, this suggests a male Semitic linked to the Levant, and Lemba tradition maintains that the Ark spent some time in Sena in Yemen. Later, it was taken across the sea to East Africa and may have been taken inland at the time of the Great Zimbabwe Civilization. According to their oral traditions, sometime after the arrival of the Lemba with the Ark, it self-destructed. Sounds like Doofenshmirtz had a, a hand in crafting it. <laughs> Classic joke right there. So the Ark self-destructed? According to the Lemba people. The Lemba. That, that sounds believable. Oh, so using a core from the original, the Lemba priest constructed a new one. This replica was discovered in a cave by a Swedish-German missionary named Harald von Siegert in the 1940s and eventually found its way to the Museum of Human Science in Herrera. Nazis. Parfit had this artifact radiocarbon dated to about 1350, which coincided with the sudden end of the Great Zimbabwe civilization. Well, this is... I want to see if I can look this up. What? The, uh, the Lemba... People, Ark of the Covenant. Sorry, my mic's on my chest while I type. <laughs> oh, I can't type Covenant. Images. Oh, that is... Yeah, that's not it. Let's see. Yeah, that's a bowl. That's a that's like a clay bowl. So that's <laughs> definitely not what the Ark of the Covenant is. Well, how do we know? Because what? there's writings about what described about what it was looked like and how big it was. Well, I mean, at the, I mean, 
But that's cool. They that said that it was carbon dated. Yeah, it's carbon dated to thirteen fifty, which the Ark of the Covenant's way older. Yeah. Uh, so French author Louis Charpentier claims that claimed that the Ark was taken to the Chartres Cathedral by the Knights Templar. So this is all about places in Europe. It could be one author has theorized that the Ark was taken from Jerusalem to the village of R- René Le Chateau in southern France. Karen Rawls has cited Freemason Patrick Byrne, who believes the Ark was moved from René Le Chateau at the outbreak of World War II to the United States. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant was said to have been kept in the Basilica of Saint John Lateran, or Lateran surviving the pillages of Rome by Alaric I and Gasseric, but lost when the Basilica burned. Rabbi Eliezer ben Jose stated that he saw in Rome the mercy seat of the temple. There was a blood stain on it. On inquiry, he was told that it was the stain from the blood which the high priest sprinkled thereon the Day of Atonement. In 2003, author Graham Phillips hypothetically concluded that the Ark was taken to Mount Sinai in the Valley of Edom by the, by the Maccabees. Phillips claimed it remained there until the 1180s, where Ralph de Sudele, the leader of the Templars, found the Maccabean treasure at Jebel al-Madba and returned home to his estate at Herdewick in Warwickshire, England, taking the treasure with him. Hmm. Hmm. During the turn of the 20th century, British Israelites carried out some excavations of the Hill of Tara in Ireland, looking for the Ark at the Covenant. Uh, looking for the Ark of the Covenant, uh, the Royal Society of Antiquaries of Ireland campaigned successfully to have them stopped before they destroyed the hill. So, before they dug it up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, ooh. So they stopped them. Ooh, this is interesting. So in 1922, in the Valley of the Kings in Egypt, which is Valley of the Kings, I don't know. In Egypt, oh, it's the uh, at that. It's the three talk- I know. In Egypt, I was like, I'm pretty sure. I was like, yeah, I thought you said Europe, and I was like, what? No. Um, yeah, it's so, the pyramids of Giza. Yeah. So in 1922, in Egypt, the royal tomb of Pharaoh, tu- King Tut, Tut and Common, Tut and Common, is that his name? Yeah. Uh, was opened by Howard Carter and Lord Carnarvon. Well, that not Carnivon. no. That might not be the the Valley of the Kings. I, I'm not sure. Is um, I thought that was it. No, because the three um, pyramids of Giza are for the um, Khafre kings, oh. not King Tut. Sorry, it's a grandfather, father, and so son. they were opened. Okay. And among the artifacts was a processional ark listed as Shrine 261, the Anubis Shrine. Anubis. House of Anubis. Throwback. Almost immediately after publication of the photographs of this sensational archaeological find, some claimed that the Anubis Shrine could be the Ark of the Covenant. Let us look at the Anubis Shrine. Yes. I think that's it. Oh, that's it. Oh, f- Hold on. I'm just going to Google image it so it's a clearer picture. Anubis. Anubis. Is it? Yeah, Anubis is like the god of death. Yeah, it's like a dog, isn't it? I think so. Oh, is my laptop? It's gonna mess up. Oh, here we go. Images. I mean, it has similar. There's a, there's a, a cat thing on top, or I think a, dog. It's a dog. But like the whole, besides the dog, it looks like how it's described to be made. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. God, how much do you think that's worth? A lot. Probably not for sale. No, definitely not. That's probably that's crazy. Uh, so John M. So yeah. So once this was all published, people began to think this is the Ark of the Covenant. So John M. Lindquist, author of The Temple of Jerusalem: Past, Present, and Future, published in 2008, discounts this idea. The Anubis shrine measures 37 inches long, 15 wide, and 21 high, in the shape of a pylon. And of course, the biblical ark is 52 by 31 by 31, and it has a rectangular shape. So it's not like so. If you look up the shrine of Anubis, it's it looks like it's kind of like angled as it rises from the bottom to the top. And the ark is claimed to be a uh, just a flat square on all sides. Lundquist observes that the Anubis statue is not strictly analogous, analogous. Dude, I can't read. Analogous. A n a l o g o u s. Analogous, I think. Yeah. Analogous. No. So he observes that the Anubis statue is not strictly analogous, whatever, to the Ark of the Covenant. It can only be said that it is ark-like, constructed of wood, gesoed, which is, um, it's like a like a base paint for wood, and gilded. Stored within a sacred tomb, guarding the treasury of the tomb, and not the primary focus of that environment. That it contains compartments within it that store and hold sacred objects. That it has a figure of Anubis on its lid, and that it was carried by two slaves permanently inserted into rings at its base, and borne by eight priests in the funerary funerary procession in Tut's tomb. Its value is the insight it provides to the ancient culture of Egypt. So, those are all the possible locations. I mean, personally... Do you even think it was real? No. I mean, I I don't know. I think the closest thing that possibility would be the um, Anubis Shrine, maybe. I mean, all they have to do is just put a weird looking dog on top disguise it or something I don't know cause I mean it fit the description somewhat although the box did seem like it was bigger like the chest part seemed like it was much bigger than what was described in the bible Yeah, in my opinion but I don't know it's either destroyed or uh, non-existent what do you think? Well, I'm I'm uh I'm trying to look at where Indiana Jones thought the ark was in the movie. Yeah. Somewhere in the Middle East, I thought. I think it was like in a place called the Well of Souls. I don't know. I haven't I'd have to go back and watch it. Well, that's historical fiction. Well, you never know. No, it Could is. Could it happened? How do we know there wasn't a man named Indiana Jones? Or there probably is a, there probably is a na- man named Indiana Jones, but he was born later and he works an accounting job at a crappy law firm or something. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> but uh, so, what are your thoughts? I'm just looking at uh, other places that 
it could possibly be. It could potentially be in a hidden room with the Cathedral of Our Lady of Chartres in France, uh, because it's 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 best known for the two unusual spires straddle the building and reach a height of over 340 feet. And there's a different place. It could be an unmarked cave in modern Jordan. Uh, it could be one of 64 locations designated in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Hmm. I've heard about those. Could be held in Africa by the Lemba tribe, but that was proven to be false, at least in our opinion. On the bottom of Lake Tiberius. Oh, wow. And then in a government storage facility. As shown, if anything, that. As shown in Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah. But that was a little Easter egg, which it was kind of a sick Easter egg. Yeah. Uh, but that movie wasn't not. That movie could have been Shia better. LaBeouf. That wasn't even the worst part. It was I just know. the CG aliens. Yeah. So, your thoughts on the Ark of the Covenant? See, they're destroyed. Because if it were at the bottom of a lake, it'd definitely be destroyed. Well, also, it, there's no way it can be at the bottom of a lake. Because according to the writings, remember when it, they went across the lake, the river dried up? Or the, yeah, they crossed the River Jordan, didn't they? And it dried up, and then they got the twelve stones. Yeah. So there's no way it's at the bottom of a lake. That could be at the bottom of a lake, because you know, if you think about it, people aren't actually writing the Bible as soon as things happen. Like they'll come back and tell the scribes or whoever's writing the Bible what happened and then they write it down like they weren't there like saying that some guy touched it and then was struck dead because of divine law i mean that doesn't mean like he he, he probably touched it but then somebody came up and stabbed him and then they told him yeah he was struck dead by something i don't know it could be at the bottom of a lake is what i'm saying it could but <laughs> i don't know it's just another one of those things that's like, because historically it's written and it involves people that are like historically real. They weren't like made up. There's proof that they existed. But then it's also written in, you know, our books that are not me meant to be taken 100% literally. Yeah. But then you have like archaeological evidence that could point to it, but that could also point not to it. So. Aliens. It could be Aliens. So, you're so you're not you're not sold on the Ark of the Covenant. No, I don't know what to believe. You don't know what to believe. I don't. No one does nowadays. You I know? know. It's crazy. Well, Douglas, thank you for joining me on this Sunday. Thank you. I hope the Ark of the Covenant was exciting. It was a, it was a lot of words. I do apologize for that, but I thought it was a interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting thing. I thought it was an interesting thing to talk about. It made it made me think. It I did? did a lot of thinking. Well, that's good. And. It's, I mean, it's probably destroyed if it is real. Yeah, if it's real, I would have to guess it's not because of age, but because, I mean, it, it went through battle, numerous amounts of times, it was taken. So if it were taken, by I know that they uh, later on a plague, came and, who was it? The um, oh yeah, who was that? I'd I'd have to go back and look. Filled. I don't know. The whoever. Defeated the. I um, remember he. I, I know what you're talking about. The Israelites in battle. I think so. I know what you're talking about. With yeah. The plague and the boils and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So why weren't the people who picked it up struck down dead immediately? 
I didn't really think about that. Well, no, they picked it up with the staves, which is the good way to hold it. That's the way yeah, you're supposed to carry it. I, I mean, like, I would feel like, like why I'd... weren't why weren't the people that stole it like? How would uh, they know not to touch it? Why were they it? not like? Well, probably because since they took it, it's pro- it's probably because it's it went all over the desert and everything. So it's probably a well known like artifact. Well, yeah, but I mean, still like, I don't know. Yeah, what ma- what made them so bad? They were both going to battle. Why did why did they get plagued? I don't know. I think if it is real, I think it's just buried under a bunch of just like sand, ancient structures, and then because of like, you know, sand rising over time, that as well. I just think, I think if it is real, it's hidden, and I don't think it'll ever be discovered, at least in our lifetime. Yep. Well, Mainly because we have bigger problems. Yeah, like <laughs> aliens. Well, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. Douglas, where can they find us to uh, suggest topics and discuss? Well, you can find us on Instagram at nightswims.podcast. And if you want, you can email us. Um, nightswimspodcast. Nightswimspodcast at gmail.com. Oh, also, fun little update. Yeah. <laughs> I read this real quick. Oh yeah, the uh, email. So I messaged. I thought it'd be cool to message serious disclosure via email about seeing if Stephen Greer could like give a snippet of something for the podcast. Um, and uh, they responded to me about three hours later uh, by someone named Pretty Anna quick. Kramer, and they said uh, he's not scheduling any interviews right now. Uh, but when he does, he will only have time to do interviews with groups that reach many people. <laughs> so we took we need to build the fuck out of this podcast and have the man Stephen Greer get on here. How much? How many people do you think that oh has he been on with Joe Rogan? Yeah, I've, we're in the same boat. He's been as on Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan. He's been on Logan Paul's. Ew. It wasn't a bad one, honestly. Gross. They didn't like you. You focus on the parts when he's talking; it's really cool. Yeah, so I can't do that. Um, he's been on a couple more, but yeah, yeah. So you know, we're you know, growing. Hopefully, since 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 yesterday, going back on the uh, aliens topic, but I I thought about it because I know you talked about how we almost went into nuclear war, but all of our warheads failed at the same time. Mm-hmm. So what is so if we are being helped out by aliens, do you think that that means that once global warming and climate change reaches a peak to where it will affect the Earth, that they will help that as well? I hope so. <laughs> I mean, it it will happen. That will happen I when we're when we're much older. Yeah. But for our children and their children, we'll, like, we'll have to find out, dude. What if we get to see we'll to aliens out. in our lifetime? Thank you for listening to today's episode. <laughs> I've been Jackson. And I've been Douglas. And we will see you all next time with Douglas whips out a phantasmic topic. Yeah. Sound a, good? A good one. Sound good? A really good one. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Anything else? Um, Douglas, what is the secret to eternal happiness? I'm really glad you asked because I have the best answer. <laughs>